Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Welcome to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. You're about to meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Here's Frankie to show you how. And welcome to Mission Unstoppable Radio. This is our second show of 2017, and I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today. Today, as usual, we're going to go on another mission into the world this way, this time into the world of relationships. And our guides are a couple who admit that they're not a perfect couple, but a couple who work every day at making their marriage a priority. They are the founders of Better One, Better Two Relationship Academy and Empowerment Center, and their mission is to be part of the solution that decreases the divorce rate in the country. Uh, to do that, they offer premarital education, marriage and relationship coaching. They engage in writing, speaking, workshops, conferences, and they partner with other organizations. They were voted Master Relationship Coach Expert by Rolling Out Magazine, number one. And Dr. Kendall McKnight has a doctorate in Christian theology, and Myra McKnight is a Master Relationship Coach. And together, they do infidelity recovery specialty. And you may have heard Myra on her popular Can We Talk radio show, which airs every Friday, 8 Eastern on Source Nation. So please join me in welcoming the McKnights. And let's get started on our mission for relationship bliss. Hello. hello. <laughs> Dr. Kenamira. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How are you? Thank you for having us. I am so excited to be talking to you today. Now, you guys stayed on, on your website that you are Atlanta's and now Florida's best kept secret. So why are you a secret? Everyone needs to know about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're a secret because uh, we have a unique – there's very few, uh, I guess you can say, counselors or relationship coaches that do what we do as a couple. Uh, there right. are plenty of relationship coaches, life coaches that, you know, male or female, that do them individually. But uh, the unique way how we do it um, – we do it as a couple, and my wife, she's the real talk professional, and I come in with my clinical background and my, you know, my doctorate in Christian theology, and we fuse all that together, and we, and we have this holistic approach about uh, helping couples uh, better their marriage. We're real, you know, we're real practical and uh, relevant information, and um, it's, it's just a, a wonderful thing to watch. Uh, doing it, uh, and it's a wonderful thing to be a part of. Yeah, I'm absolutely oh. sure about that. Now, when yeah. you say that you do it together, would I come into a room with my husband or myself and talk to both of you at the same time? Yeah. Okay. Yes, you do. Okay. Yes. I just want to get that visual image. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So before we go any further, because I do want to talk about you know how you do it and all the goodies there, let's talk yeah. about your relationship story. How did you meet? Okay. Where did you meet? 
Okay, I guess I I, I can I can give you that version. Uh, <laughs> it might be a little bit different, but okay. uh, I was looking to uh, actually I was looking on Craigslist one day because I was moving from where I was in the area to live closer downtown, and actually I found this cute little condo that was close to this law firm I was working for at the time, and uh, I left work and I um, got in my car and went to this condo that I loved and actually I moved in up over him oh okay so he's like an elevator guy you met him in the elevator walking down the stairs or something well you know what he was actually I thought he was kind of stalking me a little bit because he was the door was open he was watching my every move and um, he, he lived in a downstairs condo and I was upstairs so we kind of he watched me. I watched him. We realized nobody was coming in for him, for him or for me. And yeah. uh, and then we kind of struck up a conversation. He did. Right. Um, he bought me a uh, Starbucks at about what, what ten o'clock in, at night. Uh, eight o'clock. Oh, oh yeah, right. It was night time. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't open the door for him, and I told him I'll see him another day. So I still got the Starbucks. Oh too, so. wow! <laughs> so you left the Starbucks on the on the on the door, and then you just opened it after he left and grabbed your coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's introduced himself at nine, and not eight o'clock. He said, "I said eight o'clock at night." So, so how long did that take? How long did that take from you know move in till he made his move with the coffee? Um, well, she she came back with um, we had a conversation, and she came back with, "Do you know anything about cars?" And Uh I was like, "Oh my goodness, I'm not really a car guy, but uh, I hope." I said, yeah, what's your, so I just, I, you know, I played it off. I shook it off, and I said, yeah, well, uh, what's your issue? And she said, oh, I just need somebody to check my oil. I said, Phew, I can handle that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, and so I went and uh, checked her oil and uh, and told her she was fine, you know, and her oil, she has enough oil and everything. So after that, she was she was like, okay, you know, um, if you want to go to a movie or go out to eat, you know, just let me know. And from there, you started the courtship. Yeah, but but to to be real, you know, Frankie, I didn't need him to check my oil because I already I know you had it. I know you didn't. I was just going to say, you did not need him to check your oil. That's a classic female move for you guys who it don't know. It was classic. But he Men catch like it. to solve problems for women, so she gave him an opportunity to do that. <laughs> well done, Myra. Well done. And, you know, because guys need to know that they're saving you from something. Exactly. And, and, you know, and today women are always trying to have the persona that they don't need to be saved. But I'm like, if you act like you need to be saved, you can at least get in the door to see what kind of man he is. And so that was my that was my move is to act like I needed him to save me. But yeah, I already have really my. you say if you want to go for coffee or dinner, then just call me. Yeah, yeah. I just okay. Said, okay, awesome. Good for you. Know. You know, I mean, yeah. that's really great that you let him know that you're interested. That you're willing to go right. because it's kind of scary for a guy. I mean, he, he brought you a coffee once and you kind of left it. <laughs> you know? so, so, so to do that again, you know, it takes guts, right? I mean, this this yeah. way, you let him know that you're interested and he can, and he's free to call. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's nice. So, how long have you been together now? Going on twelve years now. Yeah, 12 we years. have awesome. uh, uh, we have the anniversary coming up, March twenty eighth. Yep, March twenty eighth. Yep. Well, I, I don't. I won't be talking to you on air March twenty eighth. So let me. You know, wish you boys, you boys, you guys, a blessed anniversary. I'm, you know, it's, Thank it's, you. Thrilling, it's thrilling to see two people who look so happy together. And you do. Like your your picture, um, you just look really, really 
good together and, and happy and it shows from the inside out. It really does. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, you say that you're not, you know, um, the, the best, you know, couple, you're not the perfect couple. Right. Where aren't you the perfect couple? Oh, we're, <laughs> we're not the perfect couple, just like any other couple. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we tell them, uh, we always tell our couples that we are on the same journey that they're on and right. we're no different than they are. And the things that they run into, we, we run into or could potentially run into, we call them landmines. And mm-hmm. it's just that we've learned prior to getting together and married how to go around those things. Um, gotcha. And that's what we've learned through life. We might hit those things, but we kind of bounce back in five or ten minutes or so, um, mm-hmm. never, you know, sitting out, being mad, you know, elevating our voices and things of that nature. So we have the same kind of hiccups. Does he irritate me? Yes, and I'm quite sure I irritate him uh, right. as well. But we laugh a lot about – we laugh a lot. I think that's pretty that's much important. different than us. Yeah, we laugh a lot. We laugh at each so, other. So what's your biggest pet peeve, Ken? Dr. Ken, what's your biggest pet peeve that that Myra does that irks you? (laughs) Well, it it, it used to irk me. It doesn't irk me anymore. I've I've, I've gotten adjusted to her. (laughs) Um, But um, I guess the the newest one is... Uh, and she still does. She know it still gets on me. Is she'll she'll get these uh, her drinks like soda or something like that in the bottle. Uh-huh. And right. She will drink. She'll drink half of it and put it in the refrigerator, and then it'll the soda will go flat, and then she throws it out. I, it irks me when she does that. Okay, so what would you prefer her to do? Drink the whole thing or? Yeah, drink yeah. the whole thing, not just half the soda. And then, and then <laughs> throw it, and then put it back in the refrigerator and let it go flat, and then you say, "I don't, I don't want it no more," and then throw it out. Okay, but what if she couldn't drink the whole thing? <sighs> <laughs> she okay, you can think on that one minute. A, she needs to get a smaller, uh, a, oh, portion a smaller size bottle, so she can. Okay. Yeah. So instead That's of a solution. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. I can deal with that. Myra, same question. Oh, well, how many you want? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, just one will do. <laughs> uh, my biggest pet peeve with him is that he asks me for things before he looks for them. That's the uh, biggest thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He's real. He'll go in the refrigerator and look for something that's right there in front of him, and he'll ask me about it. So what I okay. learn to do, I'll run to the bathroom and shut the door when he's looking for stuff. You know what? I, I, I swear to God that, that it is a disease that men are refrigerator blind. They are. Absolutely. They, they cannot see things in front of them in the refrigerator. It's crazy. Right in front of them. Yes, yes. That's my pet peeve of him. Well, you know, we as we listen out. to these pet peeves, you know, there's there's a bottle of diet soda that's going flat in the fridge. And, yeah. and you know, here's a guy who asks where the stuff is before he opens the door. And, yeah. you know, as you listen and everybody has a relationship and in all of our relationships, you know, that might sound like that's no big deal. And yet mm-hmm. these, these little things that irk us can escalate into something just ginormous. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I, I tell couples all the time that, you know, there, there are going to be things that your partner does that you're just going to have to say, well, you know, that's Myra or yeah. that's so-and-so. And there's nothing you can change about it. It's just that's just them. And that's, and that's you know, when, I, um, when you take those vows – 
you know, that's why I always say marriage should heal you because you're saying, when you take those vows, you're saying that I love this person no matter what. They're mm-hmm. good, they're bad, their shortcomings, everything about them, I love them. Even the, even the little quirky things that they do, I love them. And that should that should really heal you because, you know, we're all not perfect, but there's someone perfect for us. And just to know that that person accepts us, you know, for, for everything about us, you know, right. that should really heal you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Well, we're about to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the marriage counseling sessions, the pre-marriage counseling that you offer. Um, I want to talk about that in in our next segment and also about the five love languages and how you utilize that in a session um and so we're going to come right back don't go anywhere stay tuned stay close we will be right back very shortly that's right don't stop listening mission unstoppable with coach frankie picasso will continue right after these messages LinkedIn, it's a great tool and a great way to do business in today's social media-driven world. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady with the LinkedIn Lady Show, Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern on allbusinessradionetwork.com. The LinkedIn Lady Show is designed to inform, inspire, and educate businesses. Every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose. And the LinkedIn Lady will interview a variety of guests, such as business owners who can showcase their business and talk about how they use social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, Pinterest, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. As trends change and new applications become available, the LinkedIn Lady Show will bring that information to you in an easy-to-use, fun, and engaging way. Every Tuesday and Wednesday afternoons at 4 p.m. Eastern, it's the LinkedIn Lady Show with Carol McManus on AllBusinessRadioNetwork.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Exercising every day is your goal and the lifestyle that you aspire to. But that does not mean that you have to work out in full force every single day. It's important that you enjoy your activity and look forward to it. If you push yourself too hard too often, you will deplete your energy reserves and will likely not keep up with your daily exercise. I encourage you, though, to designate some of your exercise sessions as fully engaged workouts where you are all in and giving it your all. You are upping your effort and pushing yourself to the next level. Workouts like that leave you refreshed and invigorated. Picking up the pace in your workout, whether you are swimming laps, running, biking, or walking, will give you an awesome workout. Being fully engaged in your workout pays back fantastic dividends. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. You're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I am your host, Frankie Picasso. My guests today are Dr. Ken and Myra McKnight. They are relationship experts from Atlanta, and they have uh, the Better One, Better Two Relationship Academy and Empowerment Center. So the first half we found, we got to know the McKnights, how they met. We heard, we heard their, their relationship story, and now we're, we're going to talk about what they offer. And I want to start with the pre-marriage counseling. So I want to, either one of you can take this question or both. What is the biggest misconception that folks have about marriage, do you think? Um, I'll take that. And I'm going to take that, honey. Um, the 
biggest pre- uh, misconception that they have is that their relationship has to be like their grandparents or they have has to be like their their mom and dad or someone in their family who's mm-hmm. been in a relationship 30, 40, 50 years. And when they come in the door, the thing we tell them, take it, throw it out the window because we want you to create your own marriage space, your own relationship, um, not to have it indicative of anybody else's but yours. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest misconception that they have because then the women want the husband to be like dad, and, of course, the men want the wife to do those things that their mom did. And right. and today we're in a totally different society, and, you know, we have maybe nurses that work 13, 14, 15 hours, and then we have the husbands at home, and they're cooking and cleaning. Now, mm-hmm. that might be something different for back in the ages, but for today it works for them. Right. So and the biggest- do, how many people would come in, Myra, and, and say – um, it's going to make our, 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 you know, we're going to be better once we're married. Things are going to get better. Oh, yeah. That marriage is going to heal them. Yeah. yeah. We get that, and we tell them, no, it won't. So <laughs> yeah. uh, we have an assessment tool uh, because we don't want them to be misunderstood about what marriage or committed relationship is. And, mm-hmm. no, uh, a lot of things, babies don't heal, uh, sex doesn't do it. You know, all those misconceptions they have about what's going to heal their marriage, we we, we, we kind of bust that bubble, you know. Right. It's better for us to bust the bubble now rather than the bubble to get busted down the line. Have you ever told a couple not to get married? Babe? Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> yes, yeah. we have. Now, do they listen to us? Uh, one didn't, and, and it was... It, it came out to be not so good uh, down the road. Yeah. He ended up $300,000 so, in debt after that. So Oh, my gosh. He didn't listen. Wow. Yeah. And and so what was the reason? Like, did you just think they weren't a good a good fit or somebody was going to get? Yeah. Uh, they needed more time to learn about each other and, okay. you know, learn, learn about each other and what the expectations were. And we saw some things that weren't lining up on uh, on both sides sure. and so we told told him to wait uh and at, he did he decided not to wait and then when they went, got married you know he found a whole a whole can of worms opened up that uh he had Ooh. to stick with and try to work through and he and finally he couldn't, he couldn't just work through it and like my wife said three hundred thousand and two babies later you know they're they're, wow. they're going that's going a nightmare yeah 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 it was a nightmare were they they either you have to make sure you have the right agenda when yeah. going into a relationship. And, as, you know, you can be, you know, if you're not in love, then you're committed to an agenda. And yeah. sometimes, a lot of times, that's why people get together. They're committed to their own personal agenda and not love. And um, that can become a problem if the other person doesn't recognize the flag that has come up. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it can be pretty, you know, you know pretty unfortunate. And, you know, a lot of times when you're in love, though, um, the red flags aren't as noticeable absolutely. because that love and feeling, right? right. Uh, absolutely. Those things, you give them a pass on those things sometimes until until that, you know, that blush on that bloom has, has gone and then it becomes, oh, how come yeah. I didn't see that or how come somebody didn't tell me that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're so, right. So, you know, sometimes people tell you and you don't know, but we talk a lot about boundaries. 
And when you know your boundaries as a single person, then when that flag, the yellow, I tell you, the the, the, the red, the yellow flag is going to do one thing. It's going to turn yellow. It's going, that's going to happen. So a lot of times they just don't have boundaries going in uh, for themselves to help them stop when when they see a flag that comes up. Yeah. So in premarital counseling, how would a session go? Like maybe you can take folks through a session so that they, they, they could understand why they might need to come for that before. Some people say, I don't need that. We got a great relationship. We're just going to get married. Why should somebody have premarital counseling? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) there's, there's so much to relationship. First most uh, is that relationships within itself are complex. And the way we do it is we do an assessment on everybody that comes through our premarital. So it gives you a snapshot or or more than a snapshot, in depth of what your relationship, what do you have good about your relationship, what do you mm-hmm. need to work on uh, in your relationship, and also um, about your family origin so you can know how that, you know, the, the two individuals uh their family origin and stuff of that nature, uh, and it's very uh, comprehensive in detail. So um, you need to know kind of where you are, uh, each party is coming from in the relationship. So just knowing that and knowing, you know, uh, what you need to work on as far as communication, conflict resolution skills, partner style and habits, uh, financial management, you know, making sure you're on the same page about those things. You need to, you need to, you know, kind of uh, talk about those uh, subjects uh, before you get married. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've always thought that that you know people do a pretty good job at the strategic plan of of a marriage or of a relationship, but it's the operational plan. Like, how are you going to act? You know, when you get angry with one another, how are you going to set up your bank accounts when money becomes an issue? How are you going to, you know, discipline a child when one comes along? Those are kinds of things that come up after you're married that that cause a lot of grief. Right, right, right. And what we try to do, Frankie, uh, the best of our, we try to do more educating uh, mm-hmm. than the counseling part. Uh, mm-hmm. We're more so the educators of relationship because nobody ever taught anybody how to be in one. But we first talk That's about true. them having to be committed to you love you. you. You know, you can love a person, but then you can go to any divorce court and, they, and they're divorced. And they say, well, I still love her. I still love him. Right. But right. The, the problem was you were not committed. Even those that commit infidelity, they love their partner, but they're not committed to the system that you just spoke about, having a system as to how will we handle these particular things. Well, you don't know that until those things have arised in your relationship. So we try to educate them on the possibilities of what could come up. Um, the assessment does talk about parenting to make sure that you do blend in that uh, parenting phase Um and it talks about the boundaries and so a whole array of things that might not be happy now because, like you said, Frankie, when we're in love and we're feeling that gooey, gooey feeling, you know, he could do no wrong. Right. So that's where you are, but you're going to eventually come out of that. You're Until he's wrong all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why did you get to be so stupid? <laughs> you were smart when I married you. Yeah. yeah. I know. <laughs> you know, and you're shocked all of a sudden. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we try to educate them that, you know, we all, and sometimes you don't know how you feel if you're not able to assert yourself and know your own self. So you don't know how to tell somebody what makes me feel better if you don't know what makes you feel better. So those things are out there, and and, um, it's difficult for them to understand it. But uh, premarital education is something you must do. It's a must um, for every relationship. Sorry, you teach people how to communicate and how how to communicate, um, how to say what it is that they're feeling and how how to tell a partner something that they want. Is that part of your education process? Absolutely, yes. absolutely. Yeah. We so, we do something called the pinch pinch um, that we kind of made up, and we asked the, uh, the the female to pinch her her partner, and uh-huh. it, you know we asked each other. You asked them, did you feel that? And mm-hmm. she knows she didn't feel the pinch that she gave him, but right. he felt. So that helps helps them understand that you'll never know how each other feels. So you have to give them the benefit of being the objective, meaning that you're going to. She hurt me, and I can't even tell her how, and she doesn't even understand how much she hurt me because she's the one that pinched him. So we kind of use that to help couples understand that part and make sure they understand that they have to be the objective um, to each other. So I can't come in and want what I want when Ken and I have a disagreement. I have to come in, you know, with the objective that I want to give him what he wants, and he has to come with the same, and then we can compromise in between. Yeah. And and so what about fighting fair? I mean, there's something I, I like to talk. I, I don't think a lot of couples fight fair. And especially when it comes to using, you know, calling each other names and saying things. Mm. Well, I didn't really mean that. Well, you can't mm. take some things back. They stay there for a very long time in the memory. Even if, you know, I, I might say, I forgive you. Uh, it's still there and it still hurt me. Mm-hmm. How do you handle fighting? Mm-hmm. You there, babe? Yeah, you, you go ahead, Okay, okay. You know, um, fighting, you just said, you know, fighting uh, unfair, fighting. A lot of couples do that. And the reason they do that is because they're hurting themselves, and Mm -hmm. that is the only way to to get it back at the other party is because how they've made them feel. So everybody's fighting unfair. So what we do is, just what you were saying, those words hurt. We talk about that in the beginning. Words are very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. And when you say what you say, you have to know that that has already stuck on the wall. It is not ever, ever going anywhere. And you're absolutely correct as well. You can say, I forgive you. It's still not going to go anywhere because it's going to come back into the psychic at some point. So the only thing you can do is that's an individual issue that I love Ken enough to know that I would never disrespect or hurt him in in words. Right. Indeed, and then he has to love me enough to know that he will never do that to me, and that's the part of the commitment uh, that couples have to have in their relationship. Mm-hmm. That I'm committed enough that I'm not going to do anything or turn any 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 screw in this system to where it's going to cause bad memories, but always try to bring in good memories into the relationship. So that's an I individual like that. thing. Yeah. yeah, because I, I commit. I think people forget that commitment. That's a vow. That's like that's a yeah. promise that you right. have made that seems to be so easily broken today. We're going to go to commercial break probably in less than about thirty seconds, maybe. Um, but when we come back, let, let's talk a little bit about commitment again. I want to talk about the five love languages that you use, and uh, let's talk about infidelity because I think okay. that's very important. 
uh, very difficult situation. You are infidelity recovery um, experts. It blows my mind. I think that's really cool. But I, you know, I think it's, let's talk about it. It's a hard, hard situation to be in it for is. sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many couples you see uh, a month or a week that go through that that even want to work on it but it's i find it very interesting so don't go anywhere we're coming right back with with dr ken and myra mcknight coach frankie picasso will continue right after these messages stop it's marching there are more cats in u.s households than any other pet most allurophiles or cat owners know that unlike dogs, taking Kitty for a ride in the car isn't any fun. I mean, you never see a cat hanging its head out the window, enjoying the breeze. Today's domestic cat is descended from a small Mideastern wildcat. A group of kittens is called a kindle, and a group of adult cats is a clouder. What's the word for those dust balls composed entirely of cat hair? Fluffernugans. Personally, I like pigs better than either cats or dogs. Dogs are subservient and look up to man. Cats are aloof and look down on man. A pig, however, will look you in the eye and see as equal. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. It's a fact that eating breakfast is extremely important. Many Americans start their day by eating a bagel with cream cheese. They find it satisfying and feel that it's a healthy choice for breakfast. But is that true? Eat This, Not That states that a bagel is shaped like a zero for a reason. It has almost 500 calories with 8 grams of fat and 634 milligrams of sodium. The majority of the 500 calories come from refined carbohydrates with little redeeming nutrition to justify the price tag. A much better choice would be a low-calorie, multi-grain English muffin with two tablespoons of peanut butter for 300 calories. This is satisfying and nutritionally charged. Choose a breakfast that works for you and not against your healthy, light lifestyle. I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. And we're back. You're listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. I'm your host, Frankie Picasso. Today we are visiting with Dr. Ken and Myra McKnight, their relationship experts, master trainers from, from Atlanta, Georgia. Now, before we went to break, I said um, we were going to talk a little bit. We're going to talk about infidelity, but I also wanted to talk to you about the five love languages. Can you tell us how you work with that? Yes. Um, we work with the five love languages. We, what we do is we have our couples each take uh, an assessment uh, mm-hmm. that will tell them what their five, lang- five love languages is. And the reason we do that with our couples is because in relationships, um, couples think that the love that they give their partner is what that partner wants to receive from them. And sometimes they may be totally off. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so yeah. the love languages. Yeah, with the love languages, you find out what your partner actually wants to receive from you. So when we we do that five love language assessment, now you know. Uh, I have a lot of men that feel, 
you know, uh, that, hey, I, I take care of all the bills, I work, and, um, you know, that, that's how I'm showing that I love you. But, you know, for the ladies, they need a little bit more. They may need words of affirmation. They may need um, acts of service so, um, or quality time, not just, you know, you being the man of the house and, and paying all the bills. Right. So I did the assessment before I came on and I need words of affirmation and I need physical touch. They're almost similar. So what, what would that say that, that my mate would need to, uh, for me to feel good in my relationship, I need him to tell me good things about me or I need him to say, gee, you know, I listened to your radio show. It was really wonderful because you never do <laughs> or something like that. Is that what I need him to say to me? If your love language is a words of affirmation? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Words of affirmation, basically, uh, you know, positive words of affirmation affirming you, like, you know, letting you know that, um, you know, uh, you're beautiful or, um, you know, I, I like, you know, the, the dress you have on today, right. you know, right. stuff, stuff of that nature. Right. So words right. of affirmation that, that affirming you as a person. Right, right. And also, Frankie, and to, to come back on that as well, is what I do is to make sure I'll say, we'll say to them, what does that look like? They're like, I need words of affirmation. Okay, what does words of affirmation look like to you? Right. Because mm-hmm. however it looks like to Frankie might not be what it looks and feels like to Myra. Right. So we're exactly. trying to get as, as much, you know, uh, specific as we possibly can with our clients on all of those, uh, whether it's physical touch, active service, or whatever, it looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and that's making that person, you know, talk more and be more, because they'll say, I don't know, well, whatever. But then if he does whatever, you might not like that either. So right. it's best to be specific as I, I want you to um, wash my car and put some clothes in the, in, in the dryer for me three times a week, or I want you to just encourage me about my body once a week or something like that. Those are things, especially with men, you really have to tell men what you want. Yes. You can't expect them to catch it and get it because they're always in la-la land trying to figure us out, and they always say they can never (laughs) do that, which is true. Right, right. But women, I think women, you know, have a little responsibility to kind of figure things out, too. Like, I had my ex-husband, you know, he would... I would come out and there would be a full gas of tank in my car. And mm-hmm. like for him, that was an act of love, right? That mm-hmm. was an act of love. That was, you know, him giving me an act of service or a mm-hmm. gift. I'm not sure which, but, um, you know, and I, I, if I, okay, maybe he never said, I love you. And maybe he never said any of those things, but you know, if I took a step back and I looked at the action, I would say, okay, that's an act of love. Like that shows me that he cares about me because who, who does that? Right. Right. If they don't love you. So, you know, at some point, too, I think there is a responsibility to to look beyond your need and and go, yeah, maybe they are, you know, trying, but they're just not trying in the way I'm listening or feeling. Right. True. That's that's, that's so true. That's so true. And it does happen. But sometimes what I find is that when we do that, sometimes Mm -hmm. we sometimes we shortcut ourselves because We might say, oh, well, that's how he does it. And, um, you know, I... I, You're not getting your needs met. 
Right, right. I told you yeah. something the other day, and everybody was talking about how, um, you know, Barack Obama, how he treated uh, Michelle Obama and, and the awesome things he said. But you have to be careful in that because that's his and hers. And right. we might see things on the outside and say, oh, I wish he would. No, he can, he can make you feel good, but I have to tell him exactly what I want so I can get exactly what I want. Uh, because right. he's capable of doing it. He might not do it every day, but... If he's capable of doing it every now and then, you know, we're not shut, uh, you know, shot, showing ourselves in any of a deficit. You know, we don't want to um, shortcut ourselves for what right. we want. Well, I mean, and you can look at that and you can say, oh, look how, look how, you know, Barack treats Michelle. Um, but yeah. he also is away probably 18 hours of the day. She has Absolutely. the majority of, of the child rearing. You know, she has Absolutely. to do all that stuff by herself. So th- there's a trade off, right? A Maybe we wouldn't like that either. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly what I'm saying. There is a trade-off. Yeah. You might not want that like you think you want it. So right. that's why circling your DNA of your relationship, that's your safe space. You create that yourself. Right. So um, a couple comes to you. They've lost, you know, that love feeling. They, they're living like roommates, not like spouses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure that happens more often than not. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how much time goes by before that happens, but can we save this marriage? Yeah. Can we get it back, get back yeah. that love? Yeah, yeah. If they want it back, you can. Yeah. Um, we two, had a couple. The, yeah, the two have years. to want it. Yeah, the two have to want it in order for it to make it work. One party can't just come in and say that, you know, they want this marriage to work. They want to save their marriage. Both parties have to come to the table and, and put in the work to say, hey, I want to save my marriage. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, what, like, in average, what, what would you say, when does that start to happen? After six, eight years, ten years? Like, when does that yeah, – where's the yeah. break? Is it the seven-year itch? Is it, you know – you know what? It's probably right past that seven-year itch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we get couples in that's right past that time, but it's a lot of it is because no one—they've um, never had the conversation to talk about them. And mm-hmm. um, most couples, what happens is their conversation is about the bills, the house, what needs to be done around the house, the kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe grandkids, the job. But but we try we try to teach our couples you need to talk about you nobody else on the planet Mm -hmm. um i still love you or i do love you and and how you make me feel those those things those affirmations acts of service receiving all that stuff has to be talked about because you kind of get away from that and you don't the you know you don't get the little buzz on the ear you don't get the the love touch you don't get that exclusiveness of the world uh because we've come out of that that circle of love right. and how the whole world is has our energy. And you have to bring that energy back into that tight circle that, that's closed off so where you can shut up into the home with nothing else and it's just the two of you all and you can enjoy each other's company. And that's what's been lost with a lot of couples. And then they get to the point they don't know how to get back there. Right, yeah. And they begin to look, like Ken said, you start to feel a certain way, then you begin to look at other things that kind of, you know, the, the guy in the cubicle next door or, or mm-hmm. the, the neighbor or, you know, the one. The Somebody's paying thing. you attention. Absolutely. Who's actually Absolutely. looking at you and going, oh, you look really nice today. I really like that color lipstick on you. Or Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And there you go. You fall into a trap because mm-hmm. you, it's 
kind of like that rubber band. You can only stretch it back and forth for so long. At some point, it pops. Um, but um, you can come back. We had a couple of 31 years marriage, and they're doing tremendous now. So it can happen, but you both got to want to happen, and you got to be comfortable to know that you're not on the journey on your own. Many couples are, are on the same journey. Well, this is a really good segue into infidelity <laughs> because, you know, I'm not getting what I need from my partner. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm getting some affirmations and some, you know, good feelings, that good feeling from somebody in the office or something. Or maybe I'm just a real, you know, dick and I go out and I screw everything because that's who I am. Um, but let, help me understand this. Why should I? Why should someone save their marriage when their partner cheats? Because it seems to me there's so many fish in the sea, and the aggrieved party, the one who's at home, you know, being loyal and faithful, has so much work to do to get over those hard feelings, the the loss of trust, the you know, I mean, it's so much work on that party's part. Why should they, male or female? Why should they bother? Okay. All right, you can go. Well, it's it depends on the individual. Um, okay. What happens is that you, and that's where we talk about Frankie in the beginning boundaries, and mm-hmm. usually in premarital education or premarital counseling, they don't talk about two things. They don't talk about infidelity. What if he cheats? What if you cheat? They don't talk about domestic violence, but because right. everybody is in such a euphoric kind of state. But these are two things that you must, must, must bring to the table. You have to talk about it. Not that he's done it, not that you've done it, but you need to make sure he understands how you feel about it and vice versa. That's important. And now your question is, why should someone do that? Well, it depends on how you feel. In Mm -hmm. some cases, I've had women where, you know, he's cheated on her many times, sometimes the whole marriage prior to the relationship, 14, 15 years, and then I've had some where he's done it one time and she's gone. Right. So it depends on that person. That's where we talk about boundaries, and that's where I say the man, the woman has to know in the beginning and have to be able to relay that. One time you're out, buddy. One time you're out, lady. This is not going to happen. So it's kind of difficult to give a a concrete answer with that because they are – Many women have a lot of reasons, particularly women, uh, because of the kids, because of the business, because of the, the household, right. because of what looks, because, you know, he's a doctor, because, you know, she's this, and I don't want people to see. So then what happens? You suffer more. Yeah. You suffer We're going to go to a commercial break again. I cannot believe it. This is happening again. I want to explore infidelity <laughs> a little bit more. And I want to hear from Dr. Ken from the male okay. perspective about, about infidelity and not just okay. why people do it, because we know why people do it. But the, right. the recovery aspect of that, like, like mm-hmm. I really do feel that it must be difficult. Trust is, is earned and trust mm-hmm. lost is very difficult to earn back. And, right. and uh, you know, if you're listening out there, give us give us a call, you know, 903-787-5887. Give us a call if you're listening. And, you know, if, if you've had this happen to you, give, you know, let's hear from you. Anyway, um, I think it's, a, it's an exciting topic because it's hard. It's difficult. It's unstoppable. You know, if you, if you want to be unstoppable, there's a way to do it. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. That's right. Don't stop listening. Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso will continue right after these messages. Stop. 
recording of our own voice, it always sounds different than we think. This is because the bones in our skull create a resonance from within that makes our voice sound deeper to us. But our recorded voice is how others hear us. I'm sure I'm not the first person who has uttered the words, I really don't sound like that. Do I? Margaret Thatcher famously underwent vocal training to lower her voice and make her sound more statesmanlike. Recently, British Airways polled Americans and Britons to see who they believed had the sexiest voices. Morgan Freeman was voted number one. If a judge loves the sound of his own voice, expect a long sentence. What's a word for a person who loves to hear the sound of their own voice? A philodox. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is Tokinet Radio. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lippman on Toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. All right. Well, we're the last bit of our show. You are listening to Mission Unstoppable Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are with Dr. Ken and Myra McKnight, the relationship experts, and we are just starting to talk about infidelity. If it's happened to you, ah, let us know. If, if you know, did you recover from it? Did you leave your spouse? What happened to you? That's, that's kind of what I want to know. Now, there are people who say that, you know, for the sake of the kids, we're going to, we're going to pull it back in together. I'm one of those people who don't believe in doing things for the sake of the kids in, in respect to um, living in a war zone or having peace. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it good to have two parents if both of them are fighting or is it better to have one parent when things are nice and, you know, you can come home and, and be relaxed in that atmosphere because home is your safe place. What do you, yeah. what do you say to that? Dr. Ken? Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, this is, this is not on this. This is where Myra, debunks my clinical background. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm not buying it. Um, the reason I, uh, where it comes in with the kids is that uh, before I started out working in relationships, I, I worked with kids in a, a residential treatment center. Right. And a lot of those kids were starting to uh, act out uh, the repercussions of divorce uh, for kids, they take it a different way, uh, and they start acting out, and they start. That's when kids, youth, start, you know, start becoming part of gangs and stuff of that nature, and reaching out right. and and just become real rebellious when their parents go through a divorce. So, mm-hmm. um, the 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 sake of, of where that phrase will, you know, stay together. 
for the sake of the kids, because that's been passed down because of, you know, the repercussions of what can happen to your children uh, if you go through a divorce. Now, um, I... How uh, about... Okay, yeah. let me stop you. Let me just ask you this then. So, yeah. but what about the learned relationship patterns and behavior that children learn from being in a relationship with a parent that is being abusive or, you know, should they, like, they're learning this behavior now because this is how men act or this is how women act in a relationship. Well, yeah, so the key to uh, to this is if, if both, if, if the parents realize or the family realize that the parents are are combative or they're abusive to you one another and this is going to be passed down to the children then somebody has to step up in the family and say hey you know you you, you guys can't be in denial anymore um you got to seek to get help um uh, mm-hmm. you know because you know like you said that 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 behavior can be passed down to the children and then the children will will you know when they become adults uh, and when the parents stay together and they stay in that abusive relationship like that, what happens, you know, in a situation like that, the children will follow that model and, right. and attract themselves to someone that just like that. Right. Now, you know, Myra, I know, like, I, I wrote a book on relationship with, uh, you know, for women and women who keep choosing the wrong man. And they say, why do they keep choosing the same kind of guy? And for me, it's because it feels like home. So when you choose an abusive partner, that feels like when daddy hit mommy, that feels like home, good or bad. Yeah. That's what I'm yes. used to, right? Yes. And, yes. and so yes. we need to break them away from that pattern. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. right. Yes. You're absolutely correct. A lot of women um, accept that. And I think, you, you know, men will challenge you. And Ken always says a man will do what you allow him to do. Mm-hmm. And um, women, uh, you know, you have to get out of that victim mentality. And you said it. Sure. It feels like home. They're still the victim. You know, mm-hmm. they're still, you know, feeling like, uh, you know, woe is me, and this happened to me as opposed to standing up for it. And I know a lot of women might, might say, well, I had to do it. They do it for religious reasons or for their children or nobody ever got divorced. But then you're actually not thinking about you. You're actually not loving yourself enough because men thrive on confidence and men thrive on love uh, of, of you loving yourself. And uh, a lot of times these women don't love themselves enough, and I've, we, I meet them all the time, no matter what their profession is or how yeah. high they are up, that woman has to love that woman within inside of her for, for not to allow those things to happen to her. And recreating the same unhealthy choices over and over again, that's a problem that she is going to have to herself deal with and come to grips with. Ken, why do men love themselves more than women? Love themselves? <sighs> <laughs> why, do, why do men love themselves? Like a guy, more? you know, like women have body issues, and we go, "Oh, I hate yeah. myself. I'm so fat. I hate myself." Yeah. And yeah, a guy, yeah. will, you know, who's a little overweight or whatever, he'll be going, "Damn, I look good." <laughs> they don't have that. Same, they don't have that. Why is that? Right. Right. Well, I, well, you know, I guess it's it's the male ego uh, that that we are. You know the alpha male uh, that uh, you know we are partakers or providers, and and that um, we're Just king of the foragers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, we we, yeah. we we feel. You know, there, there's you know, there's no. We we have different standards, I guess, for 
for men and women is, is what right. is attractive and what is not attractive. And so we get away with a lot, you know. I, you know, we get away with, you know, we have a little belly fat, you know. That's that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's okay, you know. And right. and, we, and, and that's the same standard for a woman. And you say, oh, you're out of shape, or you know, right. or something like that. So it's it's the double standard there. It is. There definitely. is a double standard there for sure. So when you said to Myra, when you say um, men will men will get away with whatever a woman will let him. Um, how should a woman stop her guy from doing what she doesn't want him to do? Like, I mean, is she standing there with a the frying pan, going to hit him over the head? You go out there, man, and you're getting hit over the head. Like, how? No, what's the you have to. You way? Have to what is the, yeah, the you have way? to be firm of what you want and what you don't want in your relationship. Right. You have to be okay. firm. I mean, when we met, you know, in the beginning, Myra was very firm with me yeah. about what she wanted and what she did not want in the relationship. And, you know, and I revealed to her that, hey, early on I had some shortcomings in relationships. Um, and she, and she, that didn't scare her, but she was like, look, you know, just let me know. You know, just, she always mm-hmm. will say that. Just let me know if that's something that you, you know, if you wanted to be with someone else, you know, she would always say, just let me know. Right. Um, because she, she was not going to, to put up with that type of drama in her relationship. So she was very firm in letting me know what she wanted and what she did not want in a relationship. But, Frankie, I was nice, though. I was, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I expect you to be nice. nice. I yeah. wasn't, you know, I wasn't belligerent or anything like that. I was, right. you know, I, I just, you know, I choose not to be involved in a situation like that. And I'm okay if you don't want that or if that's what you want, I'm okay. Because uh, I was willing to walk if that was something right. he wanted to partake in. That's just not, that just wasn't me. Right. And, and, you know, but the further along the relationship goes, the the more difficult it is just to walk in some respects. Right. I've always said, you know, women should never stay with a guy for money. That just drives me insane because I always think that, you know, you can make your own money. Money will come back to you. You don't need to stay with somebody for money. Money is like the worst reason to stay with somebody. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Because it keeps you trapped. Absolutely. There's a couple of reasons a woman should not stay within a man. And, and even before she get married, there's about five or seven different things that she needs to have before she even decides to get into a relationship and committed relationship with a man. And that gives her more leverage. Um, and, you know, women that come in a relationship with no leverage, men know that. And they're yeah. going to prey upon that. And if you come in a relationship and you're telling your whole life story, oh, he beat me and he made me cry and he hurt my feelings, well, you better bet that man's going to do the same because you've already told him that you allow these things to happen. And you're still fiending from it. And it's still, you know, it's still, uh, you're still the victim of it. So then you become a repeat victim. I want to make sure that we get this information out before the end of the show. Uh, Myra, you are you have a new book coming out this spring. It's called You Deserve More Than a Day, uh, about helping women understand the day and the tears of the next day and how to prepare for it. What is that about? What's what about helping that? women understand that you can spend twenty, thirty thousand dollars on that one day, but after ah, that one, gotcha. you guys, yeah, yeah, and it's like that. Lot, I like that a lot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's crazy. That drives me insane, really. Okay, and let's find out where we can reach the both of you because I'm sure people listening are going to want to reach out to you too because they think these guys are amazingly and they're so smart. Um, they know all about relationships and and they're going to help fix mine. So where do they find you? <laughs> yes, um, you can reach us at premaritalcounselingalana.com uh, um, or you can call us at one eight eight eight. Five four one nine one one eight. Right, and our Facebook is Better One Better Two, as well as our Twitter, 
better one, better two. I like that. And I just wanted to, to say, Ken, like you, you have a doctor of divinity. You, you right. bring God into, I mean, we haven't today really, which, but, but do you, you bring God into these relationships, like into your, your coaching and, and counseling? Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I uh, emphasize on, because we have clients that are, have different back, different religious backgrounds um, mm-hmm. besides Christianity. So what I try to, what we do is, is uh, emphasize that, to bring God in your situation that does not offend anybody's religion is through prayer. Right. Uh, so that's universal, and we encourage all our couples to pray individually for their spouse and to um, also pray together as a couple as often as, as they can. And as an individual. But but that we use it as a foundation, not yeah. as a mm-hmm. class, or, or we don't use it as a religion, but as a foundation for everybody. Right. Right. No, I, I understand that. That's great. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure uh, couples know or single people know about relationships? Sure. I, I wanted to touch on the uh, one of the myths that we you talked about with, with young premarital couples. Um, there's no such thing as a conflict-free relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of couples feel that the young couples feel coming in that if they have conflicts, then their relationships you know, going in the wrong direction. No, that's not that's not true. Uh, a healthy relationship is being able to have conflicts in your relationship, but being able to uh, resolve those conflicts and move forward in the relationship. That's a healthy relationship. That's a barometer if you to say, hey, I have a healthy relationship. Right, right, right. Like somebody just told me, we've only got maybe a minute or whatever. But I, I was told the other day that you know my ex had said to my daughter, he goes, yeah, you know, we've never fought. And I'm like, yeah, we never used to fight either until we did. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. coming, right? It's coming at that's some point. Sure. Like you said, it's healthy. Yeah. It's healthy to do that. Uh, we've just got the, the one more minute, and I just want first. Let me just thank both of you, Ken and Myra, for coming on the show today. Better one, better two. Certainly, life is a lot easier as a twosome than as a onesome. And yeah. if you can keep those relationships healthy, and you know they'll have conflict, but conflict you know, within reason, um, and, and fighting fairly and just choosing to commit and understanding that your commitment is a promise that, you know, you'll have better relationships. And anyway, we're out of time. Thank you both so very much. Thank you, Ben, for thank producing you. the show today. And thank you listeners for tuning in each and every week. We do love you. I love you. Thanks so much. Take care, everybody. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. When the chips were down, they didn't stop. Stories of people who, when the odds were against them, turned defeat into victory. You've been listening to Mission Unstoppable with Coach Frankie Picasso. See you next time, and always remember, don't, 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 don't stop.